Hey, Holmes, get down. Right on. Bitch, please. Oh, bitch, please, my ass. You want a sandwich? Dig that. Oh, hell yeah. She's a bad Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the JB's Low Tech Podcast. Well, as some of you may know, I've known many of all Americans in many different sports. But here next, I will talk to one of my favorite All-Americans in a sport you may not think of. Here next on the JB's Low Tech Podcast. In Pennsylvania, a teenage girl that was about to turn 18 was driving her brand new car home when she looked down to check a text message and struck a tree, killing herself and injuring a friend in the car. The average message takes 4.6 seconds to create. Hi, I'm Mike Bryant from Bradshaw and Bryant. Please don't drive while intoxicated or allow your friends and family to do so. No text message or phone call is worth dying for. Find Mike Bryant at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Mike Bryant, seeking justice for the injured. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the JB's Low Tech Podcast. In my opening, I said, in my many years of working athletics, I've worked with many different All-Americans. And today, we will talk to a four-time, not one-time, not two-time, not three-time, four-time All-American in the sport of college wrestling, also a national champion, a Big Ten champion, and his name is Luke Becker. How you doing, Luke? I'm doing good, JB. How you doing? Appreciate you having me on. <laughs> oh, you doing more favor for me than I ever do for you. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, when I have guests on, I kind of have them tell about their upbringing and whatnot. Where did you grow up? So I grew up in uh, Cambridge, Minnesota, about an hour straight north of the cities. Okay, and. Um, is Cambridge known for anything? Um, not really. <laughs> okay. Well, can uh, say that it's got a four-time All-American wrestler, so yeah, can't so say that. Kind, yeah, kind of a crazy story. Not crazy, but so um, Tony Nelson, who was a two-time, four-time All-American, two-time national champion, a heavyweight for us, mm-hmm. he's, from, he's from Cambridge, too. Right. So there's uh, there's two of us from the small town of Cambridge um, that are Division One national champions. That's pretty crazy coming from a small town like that. Yeah, that's interesting. How big of a town is it? Um, there's about maybe maybe eight thousand people, I think, in the town. I mean, it's not super small town, but the high schools. Um, the big school because we Cambridge and Isani combined. Okay. For the high school. Right. Uh, and um, how uh, do you have any siblings? Was it a big family, small family? Yeah. You know, we grew up. Um, so I have uh, there was four siblings total. I had an older sister who was a year older than me and then two younger brothers. Um, so it was uh, we were definitely growing up. We were definitely a wrestling family. That was pretty much all we did when we were kids. We traveled around, right. we went to wrestling. My sister was uh, the wrestling manager. Uh, my parents were a part of the Booster Club, and it was, uh, yeah, re- that's that's pretty much what we did. We were a wrestling family. So Was your dad a wrestler? You know, he didn't. Um, he wrestled for, like, one year. 
he was a basketball player, believe it or not. <laughs> okay. So I just, you know, I was, uh, I think it was maybe first grade. I just, every time I got, you know, back then you'd get a letter um, from school for the, for sports programs, after school mm-hmm. sports programs. And I just, every letter I got, I came home, I'd, I'd run up the driveway and I was like, hey, can, can I join hockey? Can I join this? Can I join this? And I ran home. Um, up home with the wrestling one. And, uh, my dad said, my mom said, absolutely not. No way. We're not, <laughs> we're not. Wrestling. And my dad said, let me see that. Cause he, like I said, he wrestled for a year. So right. he grabbed it, looked at it. He said, you better grab your, better get your stuff on. Cause practice starts in about half hour here. So that was it. We went to practice and then, uh, then we were hooked from there. If, um, this, this is an oddball question, uh, with the, um, introduction and also now it being an olympic sport and uh at a college sport at some level you think your sister would have wrestled if she Um, had the opportunity i don't know that's a that's a good that's a good question um she was obviously around it a ton i don't i don't know if she i don't know she's she's a spitfire (laughs) (laughs) but she probably would have been a pretty good wrestler but yeah, it's just it's different time right now. You right. Know, there were a few girls when I came up. There were one or two girls that wrestled, but yeah, it's crazy now that there's Division One programs that have it, and um, it's just really the sport's really grown on that end. Right. Uh, did you play any other sports in high school? I did. I played football. Okay. So yeah, played football, and then obviously wrestling, and then I I pretty much wrestled all spring. So I played baseball coming up through. Um, through middle school, but once I got into high school, it was just just football and wrestling. So, I was asked that question to continue to prove to parents who may be listening and uh, and young people do more than one sport, and you'll you'll be much better for it. What are your thoughts on that? Absolutely, one hundred percent. You know, I I think I, I have um, young kids now. I got a ten year old daughter and eight year old son, and. I've put them in just about everything that I that I can get them in, from soccer to baseball. This is my son, anyway. Mm-hmm. Football, wrestling, um, just about everything, because I just want them to experience it all. And I think when you become, when you're part of other sports, you're not just focused on your one sport. You become a better athlete all around, which, in the long run, is going to help you with the sport you want to end up in, anyway. So um, I think it's important when I'm out recruiting. I, you know, obviously there's kids who, who are the best kids and they've won at all levels and they've done, um, and they're focused on wrestling 100%. That's all they do. But I love to find the kid who's a three sport athlete, who's maybe isn't beating these top guys yet, but Mm -hmm. he hasn't just focused on wrestling. He's been doing all these other things. He's a, he's a great athlete. Um, he's a competitor. You can see because he, you know, he wants to do it and more than one thing and their upside a lot of times is so much higher than the than the athlete who has focused solely on one sport and they're, you know, they're the best right now and they can get a little bit better, but man, those guys who are three sport athletes who come out and who haven't, especially at that, you know, we get to the college level who haven't um, plateaued yet. They just have huge upsides. Well, I neglected, uh, I want my listeners to know, I neglected to say Luke is now the assistant head coach at the University of Minnesota uh, wrestling program. So, and it's one of the best programs in the country. So I just want to make sure I get that out there. Um, So how was your high school career? Um, I had, I had quite a bit of success. You know, um, I was, I don't know if, if a ton of people know, but in seventh and eighth grade in the state of Minnesota, you're allowed to compete um, at the varsity level. Mm -hmm. So, as a seventh grader, I wrestled 103 pounds um, and had uh, had did did fairly well. But then it was uh, it really kind of took off my eighth grade year, where um, I think I, I finished fourth in state as an eighth grader, um, and then uh, third as a ninth grader, and then I won uh, I won at my sophomore, junior, and senior year. So you were a three-time high school champ. And, yep. Um, Certain man by the name of Jay Robinson, and we'll talk a little bit more about Jay, came a knocking uh, with other college coaches. Why did you choose the University of Minnesota and choose to wrestle for Jay? You know, um, at that time, Minnesota was just kind of up and coming. You know, when I grew up, 
all you heard about was Iowa wrestling because at the time they were running through their dominant, you know, run of the Big Tens and the NCAs with Coach Gable and and Jay was a part of that uh, before he came up here to Minnesota. But in um, my junior year in 1997, Minnesota won their first um, first trophy. Uh, and then, you know, we kind of we kind of rolled from there. So they were just kind of up and coming. They had some some unbelievable guys. They got the right um, the right type of athletes in here. Um, and then obviously, you know, a few different reasons, I guess, why Minnesota really I chose Minnesota one, you know, being being a hometown boy and uh, Minnesota having a program that was up and coming and was at, the, you know, the highest level because that's what I wanted to compete at. But then the other thing was when I when I came on my visit here, when I got to know the coaches and I got to know the team, you know, the biggest thing for me is it really was that it was was a tight knit group of guys that wanted that all had the same goal. They wanted to win. Um, And I think that's the thing that was really the most important to me that I could go, you know, I could go to a place where these are all going to be my best friends. They all have like-minded goals and they all want to win. You know, that's all we talked about was winning national titles. That's all they talked about when I was on my recruiting trip was how we were going to win a national title. And that, that was one of the most uh, important things to me. And then obviously, you know, knowing what, uh, what Jay had done to the program from when he got here um, to where they were at, you know, knocking on the door of beating Iowa and mm-hmm. placing third, second in the country is, is, um, was exactly what I wanted to be a part of. Yeah, I was just uh, exiting um, the university as a student when Jay came came on board, replaced uh, Wally Johnson, and um, you know Dick Matson, uh, the uh, equipment guy, and Jack Johnson were, were starting to tell me about this Jay Robinson guy, and I was like, yeah, 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 whatever. What what is it about Jay that made Jay special? You know, Jay was a guy who he was, you know, he he was he was a worker, man. He set his mind to this is what we're going to do. We're going to build Minnesota into a top program. And then um, and then he went out there and and he found the right the right guys to do it. He got the right um, the right athletes in there. He got the right coaches around. And, um, you know, really, he was going to. He was going to outwork everybody else, whether it was him as, as a coach and recruiting and, and, um, and our training and all that, but also he was going to make sure that us as, as competitors were going to outwork everybody else out in the country. And Jay did an amazing job of, of getting everything out of us, of, about pushing us and, and getting us to where we could become the best wrestlers that we could, we could be. You know, he, he was never – he was never going to take it easy on you. You know, when, when you were down, he'd help you out. He'd pick you up, but he was going to push you again right away the next day, you know, or the next match, the next competition. He was going to get everything out of you. You know, um, some days I would look at you guys coming coming out of practice, and I'd, you know, and I'd see all the sweating and, and uh, knowing all the work you would do. Um, what is it about the sport of wrestling that make you guys – do all this stuff that you do, cut weight and um, the amount of cardio and weightlifting and all those things that you guys do to uh, get to the top of your uh, sport? Yeah, I don't know. You know, I think, um, yeah, it's a tough question, especially being a coach now as I'm looking at, so I'm looking at kids and, and we're recruiting and we're trying to, you know, bring the, the type of guys that we want in here to compete. I think, I think part of it is, is that, that mentality of you want to be the best and you're going to do whatever it takes to be the best, you know? Um, and I think the u- unique thing about wrestling that, that obviously you understand, but you know, I don't know if everybody out there does wrestling's a sport for, for everybody mm-hmm. from, from a five foot 125 pound guy to the, you know, to the, the biggest heavyweights like Tony Nelson and Brock Lesnar and, and Gable Stevenson, right? Like, right. so it's a sport for everybody. Um, there's other sports that not that size is everything, but size matters a lot, in, you know, in football and basketball and some of these other sports. So I think that's the, that's the great thing. And, and wrestling really is a blue collar sport. You don't have to, 
um, you don't have to be the biggest, the strongest, the fastest necessarily, but you have to be willing to go out there and work. And I think that's where, uh, uh, you know, a lot of wrestler mentality is, is, is the blue, blue collar where I'm going to go out there and I'm just going to grind it out. I'm going to find a way to get better every day. I'm going to push myself. I'm going to do whatever I can to get myself to become the best wrestler that I can become. So answer this for me. What is fun about it? To, is it the, the, the hard work to get to a point where you get a chance to wrestle, to break? Um, I always heard Jay talk about uh, break the other opponent's uh, spirit. Is that what it is, or is just is it the grind? What is it that is fun? Because I'm going to be honest with you. I look at you guys sometime and go, you guys are crazy. <laughs> yeah you know I, I think the biggest thing is is like it's 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 me you know whether I, as a competitor or, or like as a wrestler it's me and another guy step out there on the mat and that's it and i control my own destiny whether i you know put the time in or put the work in i don't have i don't have other guys in the court or other guys in the field to be able to fall back on at that moment when i'm out there so i have to make sure that i'm prepared 100 percent to be able to go out there and it doesn't matter who I stack up against. I have to lay it out on the line. And when I'm out there, there's, there's no one else to pick me up or no one else to hold me, you know, to help me out. It's me. And I got to go out there and I got to do my job and I got to go out and, you know, try to, to do everything I can to make sure that, that I come out victorious. And I think that's for, for a lot of us is, is the, the special thing about wrestling that you, you get to go out there and it's, it's you and another guy. And that's it. There's nobody else out there. You get to go out there and everything that you've done from the weight cutting to the extra lifts to the runs to all that stuff, you get to you get to go out there and match it against another guy and just leave it all out there. And I and I think you would be right a little bit, in essence, try to break their will. And, um, you know, it's just kind of a mano mano sport. And you're out there and you you have to do everything you can to get your hand raised that that day. So you, um, you guys, when you were at the U, you kind of spoke about this a little bit earlier. Um, took, you know, talked about it, dreamt it, and, and and spoke it into existence, where you became Big Ten champions and, and national champions, and um, it was a heck of a core, including uh, the head coach uh, right now, uh, Brandon Agum and the great um, Brock Lesnar and a few others who were um, All-Americans and national champions. Can you talk about that, that group in that time? Yeah. You know, really, when I got there, there was, a, there was a group of guys that came before my class, I would say. You know, we were, we were the ones that were fortunate enough to be able to finally come through and win that national title that we had been, been so so close to so many times, but it was the guys like Chad, uh, Chad Kraft, Tim Hartung. Those were the guys that really the group that came in and, and really started to believe. And, and I think not just believe, but they, they, they talked it, they dreamt it. They, you know, they ate it, they slept it. It was about winning the national title. And I think, um, it was hard for, uh, for a while, for a lot of guys to believe we could really do it at Minnesota because we didn't have a freshman all American yet. You know, Chad Kraft comes in and he's Minnesota's first um, freshman All-American, becomes the first four-time All-American. That hadn't happened prior to him. You know, Tim comes in and, you know, prior to um, the, I think the the national champ prior to that was Marty Morgan in 1991. Mm -hmm. So it had been a while since we had a national champ. And he comes in and wins, you know, wins two national champs and two national titles. So now the rest of us coming through, we had these guys to be able to, not only follow, follow behind, but we could see like it, that it is possible that we can do this here at Minnesota. You know, they were, they won, uh, in 99, they won the big tens for the first time they snapped. I was, I think they had like 25 straight at the time they snapped that. That was my red shirt wow. freshman year. And, um, so they snapped that streak, won big tens and we came up their senior year. We came up, I think a point and a half short of winning the national tournament. We finished second in the country. Um, but I think a lot of it was those guys' belief and making it possible and seeing we were right there. 
and could win Big Ten titles and, and, and were really close to winning a national title. You know, probably had the best team. We probably should have won in 99. Came up a little short. <clears throat> but it was those guys who came through before us um, that we were able to, to see it, you know, to actually have a, a, a grasp that this is possible. Um, and then, you know, and then from there, it just, it just snowballed. You know, we had a group of guys that, like you said, that's all we talked about was winning. I know my, my roommate at the time, my whole college career, we came in as freshmen together is Jared Lawrence who was a national champ for us. We actually both won a national title our junior year, the same year, but we'd sit in our, our bunk beds in the dorm and just talking about winning national titles, dreaming about it. Um, and I think when you get a core group of guys together like that, 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 really believe in, in what we're doing, believe in the process, believe in the training, believe in the coaches, believe in each other. That's when you make it possible. It's hard to, to be a great team. If you have a few guys that, that want, you know, that really want it and really believe it. It's hard if, if, if everybody's not on board and everybody's not doing the same thing and, and, and has the, the same um, belief process. Okay. That was a, that was, that was a long, uh, <laughs> no, that was great. Okay, tell me this. What hellhole did Jay find um, um, why <laughs> I blanket his name now? Um, Brock. Brock. Yeah. What yeah. hellhole did he find Brock in and got yeah, him kind, the Minnesota? Kind of a crazy, yeah, kind of a crazy story. So we, we go to the Bison Open. That's our first tournament of the year every year right. up at NDSU. So we go up there. And Shelton Benjamin, our heavyweight at the time, which you know Shelton, he mm -hmm. was a he was a monster of a man himself. Um, and he had just uh, he had just finished fifth in the country the year before. And then we went up to the Bison, and I think Shelton got beat by a Nebraska guy, I believe, if I remember correctly, in the semis. And then there was this this massive man who came through the other side. <laughs> Brock, and he just dismantled the, the Nebraska guy um, in the finals. And they were just like, oh, my gosh. Because it's not like now. There wasn't film. There wasn't, you know, right. he was a college kid out of uh, Bismarck. I think uh, Bismarck, North Dakota, originally Webster, South Dakota, but he was at junior college at Bismarck. So nobody had seen this guy or knew who this guy was. And uh, we went up to the Bison Open, and <clears throat> they saw him there. They saw him compete. They were like, oh, my gosh, what? This guy is unbelievable. So then they brought him on a visit the next weekend, signed him to a scholarship, and uh, he finished up junior college. And he was uh, he was down at Minnesota the next um, spring, or the next the, the next fall. Right. So was he the the missing piece, or was he just another piece? And uh, did he bring? Uh, I hate to use the term swagger to the team or did he bring an amount of uh, intim intimidation? Oh, definitely. You know, there's no doubt about it. He was, you know, he was the, I think the, the biggest thing Brock did was he, he brought us the, you know, nobody was talking about, yeah, we, we had just finished second in the country and um, in 97, 98, we were doing some, some really good things on the map, but, Minnesota wrestling still wasn't wasn't really talked about until Brock got on the scene. I mean, that guy did more for Minnesota wrestling, just one with the way he went out there and, and dismantled guys. But you know, he was so marketable from that standpoint that the you know that the university and the coaches and and Jay and Marty and those guys did such a good job of of marketing Brock and the press we got when when Brock would show up to a place, you know, and. Um, I think that was one of the one of the biggest things Brock did for us is he kind of put us not that we weren't on the map in the wrestling world, but he put us on the map outside of just the wrestling world, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, all of a sudden the WW at the time the WWF is at your door and um, um, MMA is starting to take off and they're you know trying to get him to sign and whatnot yeah. because he yeah. <laughs> one intimidating you know and i've gotten to you know talk to brock and whatnot he's a really nice person and whatnot but he can come off as very intimidating 
So, oh, you, for sure. so you guys are winning, starting, you win back-to-back national titles, you're winning Big Ten titles. Um, does this uh, open up opportunities for you guys to rest, wrestle uh, internationally? Yeah, you know, it, it definitely does. And I think that was, you know, one of the things for us is when we were coming through, not only did we have like Kraft and Hartung and those guys um, to be able to lead by example when they came through, but they also stayed around and they were trained and making world, trying to make world Olympic teams at the same time. So you had these guys who were doing that piece of it too, you know, were, were having success on the international level as well too. And then, you know, staying around to be able to be in the room with and train with those guys was, was, was awesome. And I think, um, you know, that's really when, when things really, I think, started to roll for us that we not just, not only just had great college wrestlers, but we were keeping guys around and we were bringing other guys in to be able to come in and train with our, our guys in the room and, and um, we're training on the international level and trying to make world Olympic teams as well. What is this a, a wrestling thing or is just a Minnesota thing? The amount of guys who come back and help out, uh, help out the program by actually themselves tutoring and uh, you know volunteering what and whatnot. Yeah, you know, I I think it's a you know, there's no doubt about it. I think we have more than um, than a lot of other places just because. You know, Minnesota is such a special place to a lot of these guys that that were able to stay around and come back. But also the Twin Cities area allows for people to be able to stay around. I think some of the other small colleges or campuses, there's not there's not a whole lot going on. So if you if you if you decide to be done done with wrestling, you have to move on or move your career. Right. We still get a lot of guys who are in the working world, but they'll come in and they'll wrestle. They'll work out with our guys at times. Um, But those guys that stayed around at that time when, when I was competing, you know, there weren't very many programs. There were a couple programs that were keeping guys around training. Like we were actually in their, their wrestling rooms and facilities. And that's another thing that Jay and Marty did such a good job of is, is keeping once guys got done, they gave them the opportunity to be able to stay around to try to make world Olympic teams, which was, which was a unbelievable asset for us um, at Minnesota, you know, and go go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say at that time too, you know, it was, there was, there was something special about our teams, not just because we were successful on the mat, but we were, we really were, a, we were a family. We were, you know, we were like brothers. We were such a tight knit group of, of guys. Um, I think I've might've told you this before. So my era there, um, I, I move, we, I, I live out in the Stillwater area, the Lake Elmo area mm-hmm. and there there's about 10 to 12 guys that wrestled at the university in my era um, that live out in this, this area within five miles of each other. We've all moved out this way because we're, you know, we're, we're that close to each other. Still, we all have kids who are in sports from football to baseball to wrestling together. And um, our kids are growing up together and, and, and we're around each other. We're in the sports programs together. So it was, there was more than just, just the wrestling piece of it. There was a bond that we built with these guys, which helped us to have the success that we have, but it, it didn't just, once we graduated and we're done, it just, it didn't, you know, it didn't end. Well, you guys were always welcoming to me. And I, for the most part, I was your, what I would call your second. If your, if your primary equipment guy wasn't there, then you had to deal with me. But um, <laughs> then my last year at the U I got you guys, and I was I was surprised how well I was quickly I was taken in, uh, how I was treated so well, and really in, enjoyed my stint. And um, you know, I kind of joke about football being my my first sport that I worked at the University of Minnesota, but officially my last sport that I worked at the University of Minnesota, the last event was wrestling. So. Um, but we, we loved having you JB, man. We appreciate everything you did. And, uh, you know, we're as wrestlers, we're so grateful for, for, ev- for everybody, you know, we're, uh, we're not, and I, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but we're not the, the footballs in the, in the basketball. So everything, you know, everything we get 
most of our guys and and us as coaches staff we're so so thankful and so grateful that we have so many people like yourself who have come through the programs over the years and and really just been part of our family and and, and taken care of us so uh, so did you have any international opportunities yourself personally i did so i trained um I trained for a year after I graduated. Well, actually, I graduated in 03, and after the, the following fall, I had some some issues with my neck. So I actually had neck surgery. I had uh, my disc taken out. I had a herniated disc. So they took the disc out, and they fused my um, my vertebrae together, C4 and 5, I think is what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I recovered from that, and then I trained a year after that, um, I was able to get back, um, recover from that, and then I trained for a year trying to make a, a world team in 05. I think I was fifth fifth at the trials, um, the world team trials that year. And then I was just, you know, um, I was just ready to be done. Mentally, you know, mentally I was ready to be done. Uh, physically, my body felt like it had had enough and it was time to be done. And um, at the time, it was, it was the best decision. Looking back now, like we all probably do, we wish we would have competed a little bit longer. But <laughs> right. So, coaching, who talked you into that, and why did you choose to do it? <laughs> you know, originally I was always my plan was I was going to come to college, I was going to go back and teach and coach at my high school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was that was kind of the plan. But as I, you know, as the more the longer I was here, the more I got involved with college wrestling. I just, I really love the, the, the aspect of, of college wrestling. You know, I love the level. I love to be, I love working with those high level guys. And, um, and it was just such a, such a, my time there was just so unbelievable. And I had so many unbelievable coaches around me at the time from Jay to Marty to Joe to, Mark Schwab, those guys just made such a huge impact on my life and my career that I wanted to I wanted to stick around and I wanted to to do the same for for the next set of athletes coming up. Well, and now you've you, you've really gotten, as they would say, knee knee deep into it, where you've uh, you and Brandon are uh, have taken the reins of the program and are now leading it. So how has this season gone for you? You know, it's been, um, it's been a little up and down, you know, we've, unfortunately we've had a lot of, um, a lot of little injuries that have, you know, that, um, that have affected us a little bit, but, um, we're, you know, we're excited about the postseason coming up here. We're excited about the big tens, um, in NCAAs, obviously having, having Gable Steveson, uh, Mm -hmm. kind of, uh, you know, being your, your guy who were, he's just, he's just dismantling people right out there right now on the mat. And he's, he's done so many things for our program and, and uh, so many things over the last couple of years. Um, But yeah, it's been, it's been kind of a tough season. It's not that, you know, it hasn't gone exactly how we wanted it to, like I said, we've had some injuries. We just lost Brayton Lee, who was, uh, you know, he's a national title contender Mm -hmm. for us. He was ranked, ranked fourth in the country. He was, Six last year was an All-American. He just the kind of a freak thing into the Ohio State match. He landed on his elbow goofy, and it um, he popped out, it dislocated, and then he um, he shattered his his radius head. Oh, so so he had to get had to have surgery on that last week. So he's done for the season. So that's anytime you lose a guy of that caliber, that's gonna you know that's gonna hurt your team. But our guys seem seem super positive about going into big tens here. They're excited. You know, at this time of year, I, I think probably just about every coach will tell you when you get to the postseason, you know, the work's done. You just, the guys who have success mm-hmm. are excited to be there. They're fresh. They're excited to be there. They, they want to compete. You know, a lot of times when you get, especially I would say, you know, wrestling's what I know about, but it's such a grueling grinding hard season that if, if guys get to the postseason, doesn't matter if you're the best wrestler or the, you know, you if you're not excited about being there and excited about competing, it's going to be hard to have <laughs> have the success you want to. Well, I'm going to uh, take a step back here for a second. How did uh, the COVID year go for you guys, and what were the struggles of that? I mean, 
let's face it, other sports are, are kind of socially di- or physically distant <laughs> just by the the means. And then, you know, football, yeah, they kind of lean on each other, but the, the amount of contact is, is minimal. You know, it's like a second or two, and then they break, and then they go, and, you know, and they stand around and whatnot. Whereas wrestling, it's constant, you know, contact with your opponent. And, and how did you guys handle that as a as a coaching staff? Yeah, it was tough. You know, there were so many unknowns to try to figure out how how the season was going to go, how all this was going to going to happen. But you know, our guys did a really good job of you know just kind of quarantining themselves right outside of the the wrestling practice. So um, they were you know. They knew that if, if, if something happened here, we're going to lose a match. We're going to lose a chance, opportunity at Big Tens and, and Nationals last year. So they really did a great job there. But it's kind of as it, it's, it's crazy as this whole thing has been throughout the whole any of the dual meets that we had last year. And I'm not saying, you know, there were a few teams that, that got it and, and there were a dual meet here or there that got missed um, last year, not this year. Um, but throughout the Big Tens and NCAAs, we tested regularly. Not those whole champions. Not not anybody was pulled out because of COVID in those two championships, which to me was pretty yeah. pretty impressive. You know, with as as crazy as this thing and how quickly it can spread and and some of that stuff. But there were you know there were a lot of challenges for for everybody. But you're right, wrestling. Like you weren't when we went to practice, we didn't have. We weren't able to to run drills and do some of this stuff and stay away from each other. Our guys still had to grab each other and and, right. and uh, go at it and scrap on the mat. So um, yeah, we were just. I felt like throughout the season, I think we were one or two Big Ten teams that didn't have to miss any of the the eight competitions prior to prior to uh, the Big Tens last year. So we were pretty fortunate that way. With uh, buildings being shut down on campus and whatnot, uh, did you guys still have access to what you needed? Yeah, we did. You know, we had access to, to the weight room and the wrestling room and all that. Um, for a while there, we didn't we didn't have our locker room, so that was a. They were, I guess we could we could get into our locker room. They just took all the all the chairs and stuff out because they didn't want us guys hanging out together in there. Right. Um, but yeah, it was just, it was, it was, it was different, you know, for a while there. So we're wrestling's a little bit different with, um, with the, for NCAA rules out of season with the content or the, um, safety exception rule. And plus wrestling has this thing called, uh, RTCs, which allows your senior level athletes, like we talked about and your athletes to be able to train together. So when COVID hit, we actually, Minnesota was shut down, but we actually went and our club went and rented a facility over in Hudson, Wisconsin. Um, I think it was in June or July because they had opened things up over in Wisconsin. So we rented a facility over there. So all summer long we were training over there because uh, we didn't we couldn't get into our facility and no facilities in Minnesota were, were open to us. So we spent the whole summer over our guys did driving themselves over to Hudson, Wisconsin and training over there with the RTC. Well, if it, there's a will, there's a way. Right. Uh, <laughs> wrestling is such a, a sport, just like baseball, where it's handed down from generation to generation. And I just like to see the. I I really have enjoyed seeing the young uh, Foy wrestle as I went yeah. to school with his uh, dad, Michael. Yeah. So I was glad to see that, and and it's just it. it you always see it where. You know, if there's three brothers in a family, all three wrestle, or if a dad wrestled, then the son wrestled, or whatnot. You know, why is why is wrestling so generational? You know, I, I don't know. It's just such a, you know, it's just such a family sport that it's, you know, I don't know, I don't know why, and it's, you know, I I think. I guess I'm, I'm having a, I'm drawing a blank here. I don't know why it is like that, but I, you know, like I said, I, my sister, you know, she was, uh, it, it's just such a family sport. My sister was, a uh, a, a mad aide or a statistician for our high school team. 
you know, she's got two boys, her two boys, um, uh, wrestled and it just, it's just such a part of the family that you do it. You know, you go to these tournaments as, as, um, as young kids and the whole family's there and you're sitting in this gym all day, you know, it's not like, and you're right there mat side too, right? It's not like mm-hmm. you're go to a football game with your, with your brother, you're sitting up in the stands or running around down behind your, I just feel like it's so, um, you're so close to everything, you know, especially in youth wrestling and some of that stuff that you're around it. and such a, such a part of it that it just becomes, becomes part of, uh, what the family does. And I think because it's, it's not just dad and the boys out doing something, the whole family's there, mom, you know, moms and sisters and, and that, that that's just what, what a family does. We're a wrestling family. And when they grow up and have kids, they're, they become wrestling families too. Yeah. I don't know. Well, speaking of wrestling families, uh, Stevenson's. Yep. <laughs> um, Bobby was there before uh, Gabe, and uh, their dad was a wrestler. And mom really seems to be into wrestling. Yes. Um, what is so special about Gabe? You know, he's a, he's a generational talent, man. It's, you know, and it's not just his 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 ability, you know, his athletic ability, but man, he is just, he is one hard nosed competitor as well. You know, obviously he's talented. There's no doubt about that, but he works his, he works his butt off. And I think, you know, I know I've heard him say this before, but when he lost as a freshman at that time, Gable, he really hadn't, he hadn't lost in ever, you know, he won cadet world championships. He won state titles. He won junior world championships. He was just like, he beat everybody off of, you know, you know, pretty much he was just better than everybody. Right. And then that freshman year, um, he, you know, he was having a great year and he was, he was, you know, beating the majority of the guys, but he, uh, you know, I don't know if he took his, his strength training, if he took his, um, nutrition and, and some of that stuff that it takes to be the very top level, you know, at, um, at the division one level, I, you know, not that he wasn't, he wasn't doing, you know, he wasn't doing those things, but it wasn't necessarily, he didn't see them all of it as a, as a priority and doing all of those things right and perfectly to be able to get to that next level. And then also he was a, he was a 18 year old kid, you know, Gable's super young for, for his age as well too, but he was a, you know, kind of a, a man or a, a boy wrestling men at that time. But um, my point is, is I think that loss that he had or those two losses that he had as a freshman created Gable into the, to who he is today. You know, had he won, I don't, you know, had he won those, those matches and won a national title as a freshman, you know, I think eventually he probably would have made the changes, but not quite as quick as he did. And I think he started to realize like, it's not just wrestling. I can't just be the best wrestler. I have to be as strong as I can be. I have to be as explosive as I can be. Um, so he really took the weightlifting serious. And if you ever, I'm sure you've probably seen that picture that's out there with him as a freshman and then him now, mm-hmm. the difference is amazing. Right. And a lot right. of that's, him. he's put the time in, he's put the work in. And, and then it was, I don't want to just, I don't want to just beat guys. I want to beat them as bad as I can. You know, his, his mental aspect of the game, um, and mentality when he steps out on the mat is is something I've I've never seen before. Well, I always, since I've uh, met the young man, and I actually got to witness a special day in Gopher Wrestling where him and Brock worked out together for the first time. That was yeah. that was something really special that day, and uh, I, a lot of people probably would wish they had seen that, but I got yeah. a chance to see that. Um, but I. When I hear Gabe speak and when I see his mannerisms, um, he reminds me a little of Muhammad Ali. You know, yeah. there's that, that sense that I'm the best, and not only do I know it, but you know it. <laughs> and uh, uh, he's so cool, but he's ready to strike. And... Um, every time he tweets something that I see, I always answer back to him with uh, rumble, young man, rumble. He probably has no understanding of what the heck this old clown is uh, 
tweeting, but um, <laughs> that was um, Muhammad Ali's um, fighting mantra. Yep, yep. Uh, rumble, young man, rumble. But I just get that same sense for him. Um, yeah, he just he's something special. And for then for him to win a gold medal, what has that meant for um, for him, and also meant for the program? Oh, it, it, you know, it's it, it's it's been huge for us, no doubt about it. I mean, uh, you know, not just the the press, but I, you know what I mean, the publicity that is gotting. Um, I, you know, it's just like when I talked about when I was talking about when I came up through. You see, you got a chat. Chad Kraft and a Tim Hartung who are doing these things. They're becoming four-time All-Americans. They're, um, they're becoming national champions, two-time national champ. Like for me, it, it's, it's obtainable. Right. And I think that's what he's doing for, for Minnesota. You can come to Minnesota, you can win national titles and you can win world and Olympic medals, right? World, world and Olympic, become a world Olympic champion. Like those are the things that he's done for us that people are starting to you know, as a, 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 for a recruiting thing that they can see, like you come here and you can do all of these things. And sometimes, you know, we always talk about it and we, and we know it's possible, but to have the first guy come through and do it, it, it makes all the difference in the world. You know, people aren't just talking about it anymore. They see it, they believe it. And, and they know that this is a place where they can accomplish everything that they want in this sport. Well, uh, a month or so ago, you guys had a reunion and it, snuck up on me and I wasn't able to attend. I would have loved to have been there to see a lot of those guys because some I went to school with, some I know of, and some I took care of. Um, how was that night and how was it to finally uh, honor Jay in the manner that he should have been honored? Yeah, you know, it was great. It was, you know, it was a long time coming. We've been talking about, um, about honoring Jay for, for a long time here. And then there were just, you know, it was, we we're going to do it last year and then COVID hit and it just, you know, Jay never got, got to, to, you know, we never got to send Jay off the way that we, that we wanted to. So for that, that night, it was pretty special. It was awesome to have, you know, a ton of alumni back from, from Jay's first years to, you know, to guys that, you know, were in Jay's last class. Um, it was just, it was awesome to have everybody together. And it was, you know, it was, a, it was good to see Jay. And, um, you know, for him, I think it was, we had, we had Jay come, he sat on the bench with us. He came back and he, you know, he talked to the guys before and after the dual meet, which was, you know, which was awesome. Anytime Jay gets a chance to talk, he just does such a good job of, you know, He's, uh, you know him as well as I do. He'll, he'll tell you straight up how it is. You know what I mean? This is what you guys do. You want to win. You got to do this. You got to do, you know, and he just, he just has such a good way of, of saying it, you know, telling it how it is, but in a positive, in a positive way too. So, um, yeah, it was, it was just, it was awesome. It was, I think it was, it was great for everybody. I think it was great for Jay to be able to come back, um, and, and be able to be honored. I think it was awesome for the fans, um, to be able to, to honor him. Um, and it was great for, for Brandon and I and our staff and our program to be able to honor him, you know, where Minnesota wrestling is here and is what it is because of, because of that man. So, um, it was, it was a, it was a fun night. It was, uh, an awesome weekend. You know, we, we honored our 2001, 2002 teams on Friday night and then honored Jay on Sunday. So we were, we were able to have, um, a lot of guys back and I know it meant a lot to Jay and his family. Um, and it meant a lot to the, to the program to finally be able to do it as well. Well, again, like I said, I'm, I'm kind of upset that I didn't get a chance to get there, but I was so happy to see it happen. Well, we're about to hit that time of year where it's uh, thoughts of big tens and NCAAs. How are you guys, uh, forming into shape and what are your thoughts going into the uh, postseason? Yeah, we're excited. You know, our guys seem really excited right now. And, you know, we've been, we had uh, this week where we're, you know, this is kind of, we got big tens. We got this weekend off and we got big tens next week. So <laughs> this is kind of the week where we're getting kind of our last of our little bit of training in where we're pushing guys and, and getting a little bit extra in. And then once this week's over, then it's just from there, just peaking and making guys are, are 
are feeling good and excited to compete. So um, I, I love our guys' attitudes right now. I love I love where they're at. I think, you know, some of them had good seasons, but they, you know, they, they lost a few matches here or there. We lost a few matches um, as a team here or there, and that we have a group of guys that that really stings. You know, they, they're competitors. They want to win, and I know they're excited to go compete here in the postseason and, um, you know, try to help bring a, a team trophy back here to Minnesota. Well, um, outside of Gabe, is there anybody else that people should be watching out for or thinking about? Yeah, definitely. You got Patrick McKee, our 125-pounder. You know, he was third in the country last year. He went from the 15th seed. Um, and, and, you know, Pat's a guy, he's he's a gamer, man. He's going to show up. The bigger the tournament, the better he's going to wrestle. So, I, you know, I have no doubt in my mind that he's he's going to show up here. He's going to be ready at Big Tens. He's going to be ready at NCAAs, and he's going to make a splash just like he he did last year. Um and then, you know, there's a, there's a handful of guys. We're, we're still a pretty young team overall. Um, you mentioned um, <clears throat> Michael Foy, um, the, the son of a, a former alumni. Um, he's, um, he's just kind of coming into his own, too. You know, he's had a couple big wins throughout the season. And, you know, that first year in competition is always a little bit tough. But, man, you can just see a lot of these guys kind of starting to put it together here now towards the end of the season. I'm excited for him. Uh, Isaiah Salazar has kind of been dinged up throughout the year, 184 pounder. He's, um, you know, he's just so tough. He's such a hard, hard nosed kid works super hard and, uh, he's coming off an injury, but I think he's starting to, to get closer to a hundred percent. So I'm excited to see what he's going to be able to do in, uh, in the postseason. And then, you know, there's a lot of guys that are, I would call more tournament wrestlers that the, you know, um, that they're they strive in, in the tournaments and they get stronger as it goes. I think he's definitely, he's definitely one of those guys for sure. And, um, Bailey O'Reilly's coming on right now. He's been really close with a couple of these guys. Um, so we're excited to see how he can do, you know, really all of our guys up and down our lineup. I think, you know, they're going to do some, they, they all seem to be in a super, super good place. And we're excited to see how they're going to compete, uh, leading into big tens here. Well, it must be, I I was going to say interesting, but it must be, I, I don't know what word to use exactly, um, to wrestle in the Big Ten, which is the premier conference in, in the country. Um, how, uh, how does it feel to be in the, the conference when it comes to uh, college wrestling? Yeah, man, it's, it's tough, right? It's, I mean, it's, uh, there's no easy days. There's no slouches. There's no easy teams. You know, we've had some of our guys that have out of their eight big 10 dual meets, they've had six top 10 guys, you know, and that's, that's not easy to get up for those every weekend. So it's, you know, it's, it's been tough, but the guys we have, you know, that's why those guys came here. They came here to wrestle in this conference, to wrestle at Minnesota. They came here to wrestle in the big 10 and try to win a, a big 10 title. So, um, I don't, you know, I, I think our guys are super excited about it. Um, and they, you know, that's, that's why you come to the university of Minnesota. You come here because you want to win a national title. You want to win big 10 titles and you want to wrestle the best week in and week out. You know, you, and if, if that's not your mentality, man, you're, <laughs> you're up for, uh, for, uh, a surprise. Cause it's, there's no, there's no easy days here in the, in the, in the big 10 season dual season or the big tens, you know, you're a lot. Some of these guys might be wrestling in the fir- first round of the big tens, you know, a guy in the top four in the country, you'll have, you'll have two guys meet in the quarterfinals who are in the top 10 in the country against each other. Right. It's just, it's such a crazy, tough, tough tournament. Well, uh, my last question is going to be about the health of the sport overall. About 10, 15 years ago, it was almost seemed like the sport was going on life support uh how is the health of the sport overall in in uh college wrestling yeah i i think it's good you know i know it was there was a while there where they were they were dropping sports and you know there was kind of some crazy stuff happened i I don't know if you remember that in like 1997 we had like three wrestlers die right um with the weight cutting and some of that and they've changed the rules now with the one-hour wanes and doing doing some of that stuff but 
you know, really it, it, it seems like it's growing. I think we just had one other, what I just found out today, there's another school that's going up to division one. So we have, we're back up now to 80, 80 division one teams, um, which is awesome. You know, yes. for a while there it was, it seemed like every year we were starting to lose one, two, three teams. And, you know, for a while there, they never added any division ones back. And now they're starting to, to bring division one programs back and they're actually adding, um, I think there's three women's big 10 uh, or not big 10, excuse me, three women's division ones. So I, I think it's moving in, in the right direction. Wrestling as a whole, um, there's never, there's never been more youth wrestling than there is right now. Um, which is, which is pretty awesome. The sport at the youth level is growing like crazy, which there's no doubt about that. That's only going to help, you know, help push the college, uh, the college programs as well. Well, I'm always excited about this time of the year to sit down and watch you guys in Big Tens and NCAAs and, and watch college wrestling. Uh, you guys always do a great job. And, Luke, I so want to thank you for giving me your time today and uh, tell the fellas I'm thinking of them and to go out and wrestle hard. Will do, JB. I appreciate you having me on. And, you know, um, thank you for everything you've done for us over the years. And, um yeah, just, just really appreciate it. Well, just know that I'm only a phone call away if you guys need <laughs> something. So, All right. Us All right. too, Jim. Yeah. Take care, man. All right. Yeah. You got it. Have a good one. Yeah. That's been Luke Becker, assistant head coach, four-time All-American, and national champion here on the JB's Low Tech Podcast, and I'll be back in a second to kind of wrap things up. In Pennsylvania, a teenage girl that was about to turn 18 was driving her brand new car home when she looked down to check a text message and struck a tree, killing herself and injuring a friend in the car. The average message takes 4.6 seconds to create. Hi, I'm Mike Bryant from Bradshaw and Bryant. Please don't drive while intoxicated or allow your friends and family to do so. No text message or phone call is worth dying for. Find Mike Bryant at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Mike Bryant, seeking justice for the injured. The skies are charcoal gray. It's a dreary downtown day. But at the end of my 30-foot leash, my little friend, Keish. Keish Lapudo. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, just to kind of put a bow on the show, that was uh, today's guest was assistant head coach Luke Becker at the University of Minnesota Wrestling. They do a great job over there. Always had fun with those guys, um, talking with them before and after practice. And like I said, my final year, I was their head equipment person, so I got to hang out with the team and eat eat with them and um, hang out in the locker room. It was kind of, it was a blast. And, um, you know, this time of year where we're finishing up winter and heading towards spring, I uh, just want to remind people that it's also mean it's, it's that time of the year where uh, in the season tournaments and um, championships happen. And not only at the college level, not only at the high school level, but at the youth level. So if you have a chance to go out and check out uh, youth or high school sports, they need your support. More than anything, they need your dollars. And um, also get your, your children into youth sports. Um, it helps bring, uh, bring the best out of your child in many different ways. We, I, I've done another one. I can't believe it. So many help with so many friends and uh, people that I've known over the years, and I really appreciate them. As I sit here in my man, old man cave here in the Green Circle studio, and that was uh, done. <laughs> I always say that because it, 
there's a friend that always laughs when he hears that. And um, we're going to continue. The tr- I will try to do my best that I can and uh, bring you the best each week here on the JB's Low Tech Podcast. JB is my name, and f***ing up motherfuckers is my game. Right on. Negro, black, African-American, black, black, black. Django. J.B. Damn, Dolomite. Great God in heaven, you know J.B. Our great Negro sex machine.